This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is brought to you by Swenson Real Estate, service before self. With over 30 years experience, they've seen it all. Contact Jeff and Lorena today at 406-253-0033. That's 406-253-0033. Swenson Real Estate, service before self. From here in the beautiful Flathead Valley, I'm Micah Drew, and this is the Flathead Beacon Podcast for Wednesday, August 25th. The weather is finally starting to feel like fall, and once again, it is time for Friday Night Lights to bring fans to football stadiums across Montana. High school football kicks off this weekend, and there are exciting storylines across the Flathead Valley including the new coach at Flathead High School and the strongest kid in the country, Jake Randina, getting ready for his final season under the lights. To dive deeper into the world of prep football, I talked to Anthony Knockreiner, the former Voice of the Braves and former KGEZ radio host who currently hosts the Knock on Sports podcast, which focuses on Montana AA football. Anthony talks about who he thinks are the best football teams in the state of Montana this year, and dives a little deeper into his thoughts on the Flathead Braves under new head coach Alex Cummings and what he thinks Glacier can accomplish on the field. But before we get to that, a reminder that the Flathead Beacon podcast is supported, in part, by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, they get some extra perks, too. To find out more or join today, visit BeaconEditorsClub.com. Now, let's get to Anthony, who I talked to last week. Hey, Mike. How's it going, man? Good. How about you, Anthony? Oh, not too bad. It's been a couple months, so I've adjusted to, you know, the heat again. That's That's been fun. Um, I wish I could send you guys some of that rain so that way you guys can get rid of those fires, but it's been good. Can you just introduce yourself and a little bit of your your background and uh, your current podcast? So background-wise, uh, the last five years, uh, you know, I had the knockout sports up there with KGEZ and been covering high school sports, really kind of got into my groove my second year here. So like I said, it was just been, it's been great to cover high school sports and especially that area. Like I said, mm-hmm. I missed not being able to cover Columbia Falls and Big Fork and Whitefish and Polson uh, as I've kind of moved more just to double-A football because... It's just tough to cover everybody else. Double uh, A just seems the the stats are at least a little bit more readable than mm-hmm. some of the other ones. But um, like I said, it's been it's been fun to try to transition to this now, even though I'm two thousand miles away. <laughs> it's going to be interesting because, like I said, I'm so used to at least seeing one game. But now with the technology that we have, I feel like okay. I can actually be able to kind of keep track of everything a little bit easier now. And so I should be able to, you know, keep an eye on teams more, talk to more coaches. I think that's going to be the fun part as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I know everybody's used to me doing a weekly interview with, uh, you know, Grady and, and you know, uh, would have been Alex Cummings if I was still there. Unfortunately, I don't get to do that with him. But like I said, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really excited about getting this season started for the Knock On Sports Show podcast and talking Double uh, A football. Like I said, really enjoy the brand, really enjoy the league, love the kids that are a part of it. And uh, like I said, that's been the, the most fun part too. Is like I said, I I, I don't know how much longer I can keep going after this season, but because I know so many of the kids, the Jake Rendinas, you know, the Dylan Zinks over at Flathead, you know, Caden Henshaw's, the Berkeys as well. I got to kind of know the Walkers last year as well. 
um, you know, this year for, for Glacier, so many great kids too. So like I said, that's the, I think that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to continue to do it. Cause like, you know what? I know so many of these kids, I still have great contacts with the coaches and you know, let's just, let's just have some fun. And I want to do this one more time. Cause I mean, even coming back here to Florida, even in around the area that I played football in and the area I covered before I moved to Montana, it still takes time to really adjust and, and kind of figure out and get to know people. And that's kind of what my year is going to be on top of, you know, doing what I'm doing here. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast all summer. You've done a really good job breaking down schedules for the teams and you just came out with previews for all the teams. Have you gotten through all the teams already? I, with the coaches previews, I've got 15 out of 16. I'm hoping to get the last coach, but I don't think we're going to get him in before the season <laughs> actually starts. But you know what? 15 out of 16 ain't bad. I'll take that. That's that's impressive. Well, let's let's start from a, a statewide view, paying attention to everybody's schedules and now talking to all the coaches. What is your overall view on on how the state is shaping up this year and who do you think will be the the big main players? I think when you look at it, I think there's a couple of tiers when you're talking about the teams this year. Wes just brings a bunch of people back and Wes is going to be the clearing away favorite. Just about every coach has said that. Um, you know, they're, they're going to give Sentinel their credit, obviously Sentinel coming off the state championship. Uh, they still have a ton of talent clearly, but when you're looking and you're talking about what Billings West is bringing back to the table, they're bringing back a great quarterback. They're bringing back a tremendous athlete and a playmaker in Taco Dollar. Don't forget about his brother Caden either, because his brother Caden's great as well, especially on the defensive side of the football. They got a great kicker. They usually got some big boys up front. I know they got a couple of guys banged up. They're going to be coming back from injury. But when you look at Billings West, they just have a ton of talent. And it's really, when you look at them, it's going to be difficult for the two teams. I know what I believe it's Sentinel and Capital that are going to see West in the non-conference, but then the Eastern Conference too, to try and scheme how you're going to stop all the weapons that Billings West brings to the table. So West is, is the favorite right now. Again, are we talking about, you know, a couple of years ago, when we saw Billings Senior run the table, are we talking about that dominant of a team? There's a possibility. I hope not because I just like to see a little bit more parity and I like it to be a little closer because I know how good West is. Yeah. But I want to see some teams that can definitely... I think there's some teams that can compete with them. I think uh, Sentinel's right there. I think Helena's right there. I think Glacier's there. I think Great Falls is there. I think for me, some teams that I want to see that, that could be there are Senior and Bozeman. And the only reason I say I want to see is because I just don't know what they have. Again, they, you know, Senior lose, loses a tremendous quarterback uh, from last season. You talk about Bozeman, who they just lost so much senior production that graduated and is playing college football all over Montana or Montana State. So I think for me, it's West at the top right now. Sentinel's right there as well. And we get to see them next weekend. Uh, play each other. We had a real, you know, real test of what we're going to see and whether or not uh, Sentinel is still the top dog or whether or not West is going to take that uh, top spot over everybody. But I think it's West. I, I really like what Glacier has. I know we're going to talk about them in a second, but I think Glacier is a team that's uh, in the top echelon as well. Helen is a dangerous team. And then Great Falls. Like I said, it's the teams with the quarterbacks where they've got those, those playmakers on offense. When you think about it, you know, Glacier, when you've got a kid that essentially is Derrick Henry in the league, uh, you're going to be tough to stop. And, you know, and they add uh, uh, some great weapons on the outside. And if they have uh, a great quarterback, again, it sounds like Slider is going to be the guy for them. But we're going to have to see how uh, what it takes, because, again, it's not easy just for a quarterback to step in and automatically play at the double A level at any level. Really, I, I don't care if it's the A or the B either, but any level. 
these quarterbacks got to play well. So it's not easy just to start right away. But I think Billings West is the top dog. I think there's a couple of teams that are in there. I don't think it's uh, uh, just a, a completely, okay, this is West's year. Uh, it's just going to be the question of, okay, how many points are they going to beat people by? I don't think it's that. It's definitely uh, going to be a tough year to stop uh, the mm-hmm. Billings West Golden Bears. Obviously, on, on the other side, Sentinel defending champions, they're going to be bringing a lot. But we care the most about our two Flathead Valley teams. You were the voice of the Braves for uh, a number of years. You were calling them when they came within yards of a state title. And then you also called them last year when, uh, unfortunately, they had an, an 0-7 season. So you've seen the ups and the downs. And now we've got new coach Alex Cummings. What are your thoughts on, on the new coach coming in? And what have you heard uh, in your talks with him? And what makes you really excited for this turnover in this new season? I, I think that, when, first off, what makes me really excited is, is I think when you talk about Alex, he, he's been around great coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a chance to learn. I mean, he played for Mark Sampson uh, at Northern when Mark was there. He's played for, or, you know, I think he's played for Kyle as well. He's coached with Kyle. And at the same time, too, Alex has also been an assistant coach for the wrestling team. And so he's learned under Coach Jeff Thompson as well and the things that that program does as well. And so I think there's a lot to pull from, from both the flathead wrestling team and from what he's learned from other coaches. And I would even say as well as uh, the previous flathead coach, Matt Upham, uh, again, uh, unfortunately things just didn't work out is what it is, but there's a lot of great people that have been around Alex that he's able, had a chance to really kind of pick some things from and really apply and how he wants to put this team together. And so I would say for flathead, I think coach, I think the program's in good hands with coach Cummings. I think there is going to be a little bit of a learning curve. But this is essentially, and you hate to say it, and I'm not, you know, it's not the way people think of it the way we say it now, but it is a rebuild. Yeah. This team does have a lot of young talent, which is exciting. But I think this is a team that uh, is going to be learning a lot about itself as the season goes on. I think the biggest thing that you want to see from this team this season is you want to see close games. You want to see, okay, Flathead, whether they're trailing or whether they're up, you know, mm-hmm. down with the last few minutes of a game, how are they going to respond with these young players? Uh, and I think that's going to be key because, like I said, you're talking about a new program. You're talking about resetting the the structure and way this program is going to operate. So I think that's going to be the biggest key is making sure that, one, you're seeing this team, one, get better. And I think the way you see teams get better is, all right, are they leading in the fourth quarter? If they're trailing, are they getting it closer? Are they giving themselves an opportunity uh, to win a football game? Because I think that's going to be the biggest key for this team. I, I don't think the cupboard is bare at all for – for Flathead, I'm really curious to see how quarterback Jackson Walker uh, performs this season. We got to see him a little bit last year. Again, I, I think the biggest thing is I want to see how much he progressed with his arm. He's a, mm-hmm. he's electrifying athletically, so you know he's going to be able to run the football, and I think that's going to be an added ability. When you think about the last mobile quarterback Flathead had, that was Jaden McNeil, and he nearly racked up 1,000 yards rushing along with, I believe it was over 800 yards passing in 2018. So. I think if Jackson Walker can kind of put something together similar to that, I think the Flatter Braves could really uh, exceed expectations. And he's going to have some pretty good receivers to throw to. When you talk about Thornsbury, talk about Robert Walker, who's coming off an injury. He's coming back this season, which is great. I think, you know, you talk about Brandon Lewis, Caden Berkey off the edges. Mm-hmm. I think for that defense, which is going to be under new leadership because it was under Coach Upham when he was the defensive coordinator and the head coach, new defensive coordinator this year. You've got two good edge rushers. And when you've got two guys that can get after the quarterback the way these two guys can, that helps your, your secondary. And that only allows you a chance to try and create some more havoc, create some interceptions, create some turnovers. So 
like I said, I think that they, they got some good players, and I really like Dylan Sink on the back end for Flathead. He's a real heavy hitter. Uh, I like what he brings to the table. Uh, again, you know, if you come across the middle, Dylan Sink will make you pay for it. So I think I think it's fun. I, th- I think for Flathead, if they play if they play the best of the ability and Coach Cummings gets the most out of them, I think we're talking about a team that's 500 football or better. I think this is a team that can potentially competes uh, for a playoff spot. Because, again, you're talking about only the top six get in. So I think, you know, when you talk about the, the three teams that they're going to have, two teams that they're going to have to compete with, I think it's Big Sky and Hellgate last year. Uh, they were Those were the two teams that Flatter was fighting for to get that sixth seed. I think they have a chance. So, again, all you got to do is win one, and you give yourself an opportunity to be in the playoffs, and then anything uh, can happen. So for the Flathead Braves, uh, I think the biggest thing is, is offensively, they got to be able to find something that works for them. Again, they, they, I think they, for the first time in a couple of years, hit over 40 points uh, at the end of the season last year. So if they can do that, uh, that'll, that'll only help them. But I like, I like the direction in flat it's going. It, it does feel really weird because I feel like I should be getting ready for a Braves football game next Friday. I wouldn't be excited about going down to Billings again because it feels like outside of 2016, yeah. I go to Billings every year. But uh, it, it feels weird, but I, I'm really excited to watch the, to see what happens and, and see what the Braves do. Well, then let's shift over to the north side of Kalispell. The Wolfpack had a great season last year, ended up in the quarterfinals, and they have probably one of, if not the most exciting offensive player in the entire state in Jake Rendina, who also is probably the strongest player in the entire state. He's a national powerlifting champion, which is ridiculous, (laughs) but he's also backed up by a slew of really solid all-conference returners. Tell me about your your thoughts of Jake, what he can do after last year's season, what you're excited to watch him just do this year and and the Wolfpack team behind him. At this point, I mean, what what can you say about Jake (laughs) Rendina? This guy has scored numerous touchdowns in multiple games consecutively. I think he had a game where he had almost either six or seven touchdowns last year. Seven against Hellgate, yeah. Yeah, seven. Um, Here's an interesting stat for you, but it comes to Jake Rendina last year. Rendina accounted for 37% of the total offensive yards for Glacier last year and 55% of the touchdowns for the Glacier offense last year. So to say it starts and ends with Jake Rendina, that was the case last year. I think Coach Grady Bennett would like to see a little more balance, and so that way they don't have to use use Jake uh, as much during the regular season because if you can get that type of production out of Jake in the postseason – I mean, when you got a powerful back and it's, you know, we're talking about October in Montana, who really wants to hit him? I mean, you don't even want to hit him next week and meet him in the hole as big as he is and as strong as he is. But if it's cold mm-hmm. along with that, that just adds a little extra eight. That adds a little extra pain. Um, I think if they can keep Jake Rendina fresh when it comes to the postseason, I think they could be a really, really dangerous team. But I think with Jake, with what he's done, I, I, I really, again, I know, Derek Henry is a freak, but that's what Jake Rendina is in the double-A football. You do not see backs like him. And even though he's a power back, I still think he's got enough agility and speed to him that I think he can really break away from defenses. And he's strong enough that he's not going to just get tripped up or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So I think for me, I think Jake Rendina can have a similar type season where we're talking – I, I wouldn't. I don't think it's out of the depth to think that Jake Randina can't hit eighteen yard, eighteen hundred yards rushing or better wow. uh, this season for for Glacier. I just think he's that good. I think he's going to be that tough to stop. I mean, even if teams know that they got to put a guy in the box, I think they're going to be able to run the football well. Uh, so I really like what Randina brings to the table. Uh, and you look at you know on the other side too. I think with receivers, I think unfortunately they didn't get the ball to Luke Belau as much. And again, he's one of those athletic tight ends. He's not getting as much talk as the Ryland Schleps. 
over at Gallatin. But again, he's an athletic tight end, and we're seeing the way the and you know all the coaches have said the same thing because I've asked them about this because I think we're seeing more high school coaches put their some of their best athletes. We know these teams are putting their best athletes at the quarterback position, but along with that big, tall, strong, they're also putting them at the tight end position because if you can create an athlete where it's it's too tough for a linebacker to cover, where this, mm-hmm. this tight end is too fast for a linebacker, too big for a safety, all of a sudden you've got a guy screaming down the middle that creates big plays, and that's Luke Belau. And so I think uh, if Glacier can get him involved, I think they're going to be even more dangerous. And then – at the same time, too, I got to give this some kickers some love here. Patrick Rohrbeck, oh, yeah. you know, 45 kickoffs last year, nearly a 55-yard average, had 20 touchbacks, 30 punts. He had six inside the 20, nearly 40 yards on average on punt. That is a weapon. I don't think we really talk about it enough. I think uh, Glacier, I think Butte, and I think Billings West, they have three great kickers, and those three teams have weapons in their kicking game, because if you can't get your kick return team to move the ball past the 20, it's really tough for any offense in high school football to go 80 yards. And if you've got a punter that can flip the field, that's even better. Cause again, now you're forcing long drives. And when you have that type of advantage, that just makes your football team that much better. And Glacier has one of those and Patrick Rohrbeck. Uh, like I said, I, I can't wait to see what this kid does. And also too, it, does, it doesn't hurt when he's 36 for 37 for extra points. <laughs> Any other thoughts you've had from talking with Grady about uh, just his overlook on the team? I think he's excited for this team. I mean, I think one of the things is, is that what you've noticed from Glacier as well, you know, you look at their dominating run that they had that included the state championship. They had some big offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. That's still something that you really haven't had, unfortunately. So I think this year, I think that's going to be, uh, again, I, I th- I'm sure they have some size. But again, it's just a question of, okay, how can they get those guys all to meld together and, and be uh, the road graders that they need them to be? I think that's one area that Coach Grady Bennett would kind of talk to me about and, and you know, where they've, they've got to try and find some experience and they've got to have some guys try and grow up quickly because, again, you're talking about the fronts of Helena, which are the front of Sentinel. Those fronts are tough, and, and if Glacier wants to get to where they want to get to, which is a number one overall scene and win a Western Conference championship, they're going to have to try and, and negate those fronts from those two teams because when I look at the Western AA Conference right now, I, I think it's uh, – Sentinel, Sentinel was so good last year. There's no question about it. the talent they already had amassed before they add a kid like Camden Sermon. Mm-hmm. But this year, I think Sentinel, they're still very, very good, but they're not as good as they were last year. I don't think they have as many athletes as they did last year. They're still going to be a good football team. But I think now it's definitely Helena Glacier – and Sentinel. We're going to find early on in those schedules who's going to be the dominant team in the West because I, I think potentially we could know who the Western Conference champ is early on. The three teams that, are, that everyone expects to be at the top, uh, and that includes Glaciers. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And, you know, like I said, Grady's been doing this for a long time. He's the longest tenured head coach uh, with the same team uh, for 15, going into his 15th season at Glacier High School. Obviously, he had time as a head coach at Flathead as well. Um, but him and Eric Kenneman, which is kind of funny because they're playing, they're going to coach against each other week one. But those are the two longest tenured head coaches, 15 years with their same team. That's really, really impressive and uh, great to see as well. So I'm, I'm sure Grady's got some tricks up his sleeve. I'm sure he's got uh, all the knowledge and experience that he's amassed over the time. I'm sure he's got answers for the questions that uh, they, they have on that team. And I'm sure they're going to get it figured out. I think it's going to be really a fun and exciting season for both teams. Um, but I think for Glacier, it's going to be a fun season to just watch Jake Rendina uh, for his final time in his career. 
Well, one final question I really have for you. You spent four years in Braves gear calling all the games. Now that you're 2,000 miles away and taking this more uh, sky-high overlook at Montana AA football, are you still a Braves fan first and foremost, or are you allowing yourself to cheer a little louder for someone else? Ah, boy, you're putting me on the spot here, Micah. Um, (laughs) Listen, I love love the orange and black. Uh, I'm still a fan. I'm going to be rooting for all the teams. I'm going to be rooting for them. Like I said, they're they're always going to hold a special place because, like I said, I spent so much time with them to – to get as close as I did with that program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I talk, when I think back of a lot of the kids that I got to, to call games for, when I think of the Jade McNeils, the Blake Counts, the Andrew Sideriuses, um, the Sebastian Cooks, and so many other guys, the Tanner Russells, um, it's always going to be tough because, like I said, it always allows for a sweet spot. But I will say, like I said, I, I, what I'm rooting for, and I'm sure you know this, Mike, as well, is the best <laughs> storylines for sure. So, like I said, I'm, I'm still going to be rooting for the Braves. I want them to have a great season because, uh, like I said, you know, those kids have worked hard. They've been through some tough times there. You know, I know for fans, it's probably got to feel like forever ago when they went to the state championship game, but it was only a couple seasons ago. Nobody likes to have losing seasons, but like I said, I'd like to and hope to see that they'll have some success this year. I hope they win some football games and they're really competitive. I think that's always the best thing about high school football is when the team's really competitive and you're just at the edge of your seat on a Friday night when you're seeing those teams at Legend Stadium and you just don't know what's going to happen. But to answer your question, yes, I'm going to be rooting for, for Flathead. But at the same time, I am going to be uh, rooting for some other teams and, and seeing what they have and, and enjoying all of double-A football. There's a little fan. There's a little fan of me that's going to continue to always have orange <laughs> and black and uh, root for the Flathead Braves. Excellent. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I love your podcast. I'll keep following it all season, and I hope other people will. It will be linked in the show notes. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time today. I appreciate it, Mike. You've been doing a great job, man. You've been holding down the fort up there. And like I said, uh, now you get to, I I was just going to say, you're going to get even more busy now with uh, a a minor league baseball team there as well. So I hope you got your uh, hot dogs and popcorn ready. Oh, absolutely. I'll check in later this season. All right, cool. Thanks, Micah. The Braves and the Wolfpack will both take the field this Friday night with Flathead traveling to Billings to take on Skyview and Glacier hosting Belgrade at Legend Stadium. Up north, Columbia Falls will also open its season Friday hosting Stevensville, while the Whitefish Bulldogs will travel to Dillon to play Beaverhead County. Big Fork has a bye week, but will start playing September 3rd against Cutbank. We'll be right back. And before we get to this week's headlines, Dr. Mark Remington of Glacier Eye Clinic has a message from our sponsor this week. I've known Jeff for probably around 20 years. Very good friend of mine. He's helped me both personally and professionally in the real estate market. He is super ethical, super knowledgeable. He's prompt. He'll return your calls and he'll steer you in the right direction. As a friend, he's been service before self. Contact Swenson Real Estate at 406-253-0033 today. And now, here are the biggest news stories from the last seven days as of 10 p.m., Tuesday, August 24th. Once again, Flathead County has recorded a record number of hospitalizations due to COVID-19, with 44 individuals hospitalized on Tuesday and an additional 101 cases reported in the county. This is the second triple-digit day in the last week, more proof that the valley is headed towards another peak in cases. 
In more heartening news, however, the FDA has granted full approval for the Pfizer vaccine, which officials hope will boost confidence in the two-dose vaccine. Last week, a divided state Fish and Wildlife Commission adopted new wolf hunting and trapping regulations, increasing the number of animals hunters and trappers can legally harvest while approving several controversial hunting and trapping methods, including the use of bait hunting and hunting at night on private land. The split decision met approval in a 3-2 vote that allows for a statewide harvest quota of 450 wolves, a figure that represents nearly 40% of the state's current population, according to data compiled by Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. During last year's hunting season, hunters killed a record 330 wolves, and the new rules are designed to increase those harvests per a legislative directive that propelled Montana's wolf management policies into the global spotlight. The state quota is divided by region, and if either the state or a regional quota is met, the commission may further increase the harvest limit. At its August 16th meeting, the Kalispell City Council approved its $104 million budget, with changes in the general fund, mill levy, and appropriations from the 2022 preliminary budget. Overall, the final budget is $365,792 more than what was initially proposed. The city added four new positions to the general fund, including two additional fire personnel and two law enforcement positions. The police officer positions will potentially be partially funded through the Community-Oriented Policing Grant Program for the first three years. Appropriations also increased by $750,000 for the Westside TIF for the Parkland Trail development due to higher-than-anticipated TIF valuations. And finally, the Northwest Montana Fair and Rodeo finished off its five-day run over the weekend with high attendance and several records set. The three-day rodeo set an all-time attendance record and the market livestock auction raised nearly $800,000, a 24% increase over 2019, despite nearly 60 hogs considered ineligible for sale. Fair manager Mark Campbell said that overall attendance figures are still being tallied, but he expects the number to be near or over the record 79,000 attendees from 2019. That's all for this week. As always, you can stay up to date on the latest news online at flatheadbeacon.com, and be sure to pick up an edition of the Flathead Beacon in newsstands across northwest Montana. This edition of the Flathead Beacon podcast was hosted, produced, edited, and mixed by me, Micah Drew. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.